Hey everyone, this is Jim, and we're back with another Faith Tested by Fire podcast. This past several days, I've been spending more time traveling than usual, and uh, it's allowed me to uh, pray while I'm driving, and, and and sometimes I wanted to, you know, just listen to some music or just some, listen to somebody else talk. I, I listened to a few radio stations that um, I really didn't care for the music. Um, it wasn't really doing anything for me, so I turned on AM radio. I was listening to some talk radio. And uh, there was a guy talking about how today is different. And uh, he was a person who was talking about um, retirement and how this generation coming up to retirement was not going to be living as good as the past generation and so on and so forth and people not having any retirement money at all. And he was just going over all these things about how different this time is. I've been hearing that message um, for quite a number of years now. And some some people point to 2008 as the time the world changed um, and businesses declining and, and things like that. You know, a lot of the negative things. But the truth, to, the truth is, is that I've been hearing about this for years. It just reached a tipping point, it seems like, in, in 2008. I remember um, as far back as things starting to change uh, 20 years ago. And I've never been a doom and gloom type of person. Because the Bible says that, you know, a thousand may fall on one side and ten thousand on another, but it will not come near to you. And, um, you know, we, we enter into the things of God by faith, but we also exit them, the things of God, by doubt and unbelief. Uh, I often said that when you get to heaven as a believer, you're going to possibly do quite a few, um, maybe it'll happen all at once, the uh, palm to the forehead type of moment where you realized that God was had so much for available for you, all you had to do was reach out and, and believe it. And um, But we didn't. We didn't put our, our faith in God like we could have or should have. And uh, But the grace of God was there that it wasn't, you know, we still didn't fall. So there there's a there's a balance that you can see in the Bible, and some people go off on extremes in either way. Um, for example, there are scriptures that point to the will of God and the sovereignty of God and the grace of God, and it makes up for all our human inconsistencies and deficiencies. And so there's that side, which basically uh, points to the fact that some things will happen and it doesn't make any difference about your particular weaknesses or or whatever. You'll be where you need to be when you need to be there. But then there's other scripture verses that point to we limit God by our doubts and fears and unbelief. It talks about in the Old Testament, it says that they saw the works of God, but it said they um, continually provoked God and limited the Holy One of Israel. And... So you can see then that a man can place limits by God. So in the, in this lifetime, 
it's not all us and it's not all God. There's a combination. And, and you know, maybe maybe it's 60-40, maybe it's 90-10. I mean, I don't know what it is. And to try and figure that out is 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 beyond us, right? I mean, who's given God counsel? Nobody. God doesn't, his wisdom, this is the, the foolishness of God is higher than the wisdom of men. And um, so, but we do have our part to do. And in order to know what that part is, particularly, I read the New Testament. Because the Bible says the New Testament is a better covenant established upon better promises. So the testament or the agreement or the covenant is between uh, God and man, and it was activated through Jesus. So when Jesus came, he said that he didn't come to do his will, but his Father's will. And Jesus said, basically, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the words that he said were in his own. So if you took the person of Jesus... And you just pushed him to the back burner for a moment. And then you took the person of God and moved him to the front burner. In other words, putting all your focus on him first. Then when it says Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, you could actually say God went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, because he was the one that did the works. He was inside Jesus, reconciling the world to himself. So... There again, you can say, and, you, and the Bible gives the illustration of a physical body, right? Who is the real you? Is it your face? Is it your hands? Is it your legs? No, they're all you. What's the most important part? Well, one part needs the other part. So we can't say, one part of the body can't say to the other, I have no need of you. Because every part works together. It's, it's fit together. The Bible describes Jesus as the cornerstone of this whole <clears throat> building, this whole temple. And so it describes us as a building, being fit together, describes us as a body. It uses things that we can understand, and that's what Jesus did. So rather than approach it um, by showing us all the little I's and T's, think about this for a moment. Imagine that you're teaching somebody who is mentally deficient when compared to you. They have some type of deficiency. And so you have to do some very basic things so that they can function properly, so you can teach them what to do and what not to do. They don't understand how anything works, but they can still function if they understand the basic ABCs. And I think that's kind of the way God deals with us, is that, we, yes, we may be made in his image and likeness, but we've also been affected by the fall. And it's kind of retarded our spiritual um, well-being and our physical well-being and our life experience. Um, and that's why Jesus said, pray that God, that his will be done here on earth the way it is in heaven. So why would we have to pray that God's will be done here if God's will was just automatically done? We wouldn't really have any part in the process, but we do. So we're part of a body. We don't understand it. The Bible says we, we see through the, the glass dimly. But what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the things and break them down that are very simple. Some of the things that Jesus taught that we can do, that do make a difference, and that we can play our part. Okay, so you know, for example, there's the, the parable of the man with the talents, <clears throat> the Lord who gave them to his servants. And you know that 
Two of them invested them and did something with what they were given, and one just buried it. And when the Lord came and he gave an account, he asked for an account of what was done. You know, remember the story, the one man who buried his talent was called an evil servant. And so we want to do something with what God has given us. And that doesn't include making excuses for why we can't do anything with what God has given us. So today I want to talk about um, changing the next 12 months of your life. And um, as, a, as a foundation, I want to look at the Gospel of Mark chapter 4. And Jesus basically said to them, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand all the rest of the parables. This is the parable of parables. And it talks about the sower. Verse number 4, it says, this is the American King James Version. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, some of the seeds. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on stony ground where it didn't have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it out, and it yielded no fruit. And others fell on good ground and did yield fruit and sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And he said, he who has ears, let him hear. So um, as we go forth in that chapter, the disciples asked to explain it, and he did. He explained, um, let's see here, verse 13, he said to them, Know you not this parable? How then will you know all parables? So if there's a parable worth understanding, this is it, because it sets the foundation for everything else. He said, The sower sows the word, meaning the word of God. Those are they by the wayside where the word is sown, when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And likewise, those which are sown on stony ground, who, when they've heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time. Have you ever been in a position like that? I know I have. In other words, I've been in a position where I knew what God's word said about something, but it didn't take root in me. And so when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So that's, think about it like this. Have you ever been in a position where you just get mad at God? <laughs> what I mean is there's a part of you that won't let go of the fact that God is almighty because you can't read the Bible, come away with any other belief system than that. But yet, you know that we have a part to do, and our actions or reactions have an effect on our lives. But then you know sometimes the grace of God overrides all of it, right? And you win in spite of yourself. Have you ever been in a position where you realize by the grace of God, by the unearned favor of God, you've succeeded where others have fallen or where others have failed? But when you're in a, in a test or trial, I mean, as great as it is to think back, what's most important is what's happening now, what, not what happened yesterday or not what might happen tomorrow. And you think to yourself, your mind starts to tell you these thoughts come. I believe that's how Satan works. You know, whether these thoughts are, are just like um, negative radio signals that get shot our way in the air, I don't know how it works. I mean, I can use my imagination, but however it works, it really doesn't matter. The thing is that this is what happens. And you start thinking, you know what? If God wanted to, he could change this whole situation right now. 
but for some reason it doesn't want to. So whether it's a lesson that needs to be learned by you or whether you need to change something and that's going to be the trigger, which which happens, you start getting mad because it's like, you know, how long do I have to go through this, you think? And then you can flip back and forth between blaming God and blaming yourself. And then finally, nothing is working out as far as 2 plus 2 equal four, equaling 4 in this situation when you're sitting down trying to work it out. And so you become offended by the whole thing. And you just don't want to have anything to do with anything. So this is what it means when it has no root in themselves. You only endure for a time, but when the affliction or persecution rises. Think about that. See, the, the affliction and the persecution is, is, is there in the background, but sometimes it rises, like temperature rising. And it starts getting really hot in the kitchen. You know, and then verse 18, it says, And these are they which are sown among thorns. They hear the word, but then the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things enter, and it chokes the word, it becomes unfruitful. So um, some people in my family have been going through some tests and trials that have been affecting them physically and emotionally. And as an extension, that has an effect on, on me too. And so I've put some time and energy and effort into helping them out in the natural and helping out in the spiritual by praying and believing. But if you listen to people talk enough, if you listen to people, just the general average default personality, excuse me, the cares of this world enter in, and the next thing you know, the Bible seems unbelievable. You know, the words that say all things are possible to those who believe lose their gloss and seem to really not be relevant as far as this particular situation goes. And then negative emotions rise up. So I dealt with that to a degree. And what I did was I simply laid down and I put the, um, I have a, a tablet Android tablet. If you have Android or Apple, it really doesn't matter, but there's Bible software that actually will read the Bible back to you. And I know I mentioned it in a previous podcast what it was. It's a Bible app. It allows you to download different versions. Um, but anyway, if you look look it up, let me let me grab it right now in case somebody really needs this. I'm going to get it and see what the name of it is so I can share it with you here. Okay, I found it. It's the U version Bible app. It's capital Y O U, no space, capital V E R S I O N, U version, it's called. It's a Bible app. Many translations available, and quite a few of them have audio available. Although I think to have the audio work, I think you need to have your internet connection on, um, if I remember correctly. So I have Wi-Fi set up, so it's always on anyway. But version Bible app. So I have it on. I'm listening to a different translation. I like to listen to different translations because <clears throat> there's something about hearing the word as opposed to just reading it. When you hear it, um, there's it seems to be able to reach places that maybe you're not reaching when you're just reading it. 
I think that's why when the Bible says to meditate on the word, meditate means to say to yourself, to speak, to mutter. And because there's life in the spoken word. Matter of fact, the Bible calls the written word the logos of God and the spoken word the rhema, word of God. So anyway, I listened to it and, and it really just, it was like fresh water on dry earth on the inside of me. Matter of fact, I wasn't even, I wasn't even feeling well at the time. Um, I, don't, I wasn't sure if it was something I, had, uh, I ate for dinner. I was starting to think that's what it was. I was just starting to feel not really good. I couldn't even put my finger on it. My, I was feeling pains and stiffness and the stomach wasn't feeling right. And I didn't feel any inspiration or, or any get up and go. And the stuff that I was reading was just online stuff. And basically it could all fit under the cares of this world because it was all material about either what was wrong or the natural way to solve what's wrong. You know, there's a natural way and there's a supernatural way. The natural way has all kinds of side effects, it seems like, to it. Think about that with one of the things about medicine today. Did you ever notice all of the side effects to everything on these commercials? It shows somebody so happy because they took this, this pill or they're on this prescription. And then at the end of the commercial, it talks about 42 different ways this can destroy another part of your body and just see your doctor. And I'm thinking, when I first heard these commercials, I started thinking, are these people kidding? How can, how can you hear the last part of this with the possibilities of harm and think anything positive about going to get this? I'd, I, you know, I'd rather use a natural remedy, <laughs> um, even if it wasn't proven to be that really that effective before going with something like that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's not the point. The point is, is that the cares of this world are things that come in and choke out the truth, God's truth. And so that hearing the Bible being read is, at that point, I wouldn't have had the energy, I don't think, to actually read very many scriptures, maybe one or two verses or something. But this was like therapeutic. It was like therapy. It was like having positive stuff you know, on the inside, you know, even though I was listening to, I, I believe part of it was Second Peter, and it was talking about the judgment of false teachers. But, you know, even though when the Bible talks about negative things, there's always a positive uh, lining in there. It talks about what to do, not just what not to do. And that's what I want to sh <clears throat> share this with you, because the sowing and reaping process is an important thing that we do every day, but we're not really conscious of it anymore. And, but it has a great effect on our lives. And what we sow today is going to determine what we're going to reap tomorrow. Let me say that again. What we sow today, even if we're not conscious of it, is going to determine what we're going to reap tomorrow. And next year is going to be built off a whole bunch of tomorrows that are leading up to it. Think about that. What we do every day, it seems dull, it seems mundane. But yet we sow seed, whether we're conscious of it or not, we sow it by the, the information we take in and by where we're investing our time. Where we're investing our time is really what we're sowing, and what we're sowing is going to determine what tomorrow is. So when you listen to negative people, it seems that negative propagates more negative, right? Everything reproduces after its own kind. So if you look at people that are talking about all the evil that's in the world today, that, that fills their mind, which in turn fills their heart. And their experience is never anything 
above barely uh, barely making barely making it think about all the people that are barely making it and if you ask them for reasons why they're barely making it they can go on forever about all their problems and all the subsets of problems as a result of their problems but talk about something positive it's like one the tw- there's like a 1 to 20 ratio for every one thing that's right there's 20 things that are wrong for every one good thing they can focus on, there's 20 negative things they can focus on, right? So once you realize that, what you sow, you reap, then you can think that, well, I want tomorrow to be, all of us want tomorrow to be better than today. Isn't that true? Everybody wants a better tomorrow. That's what hope is. Because if you can't foresee a better tomorrow, then your heart becomes sick. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so the simple principle of sowing and reaping, let's look at it from a natural standpoint, okay? If we had lived many, many years ago, we would have lived off the land and the result of our own efforts relative to that land. In other words, we would have farmed our own resources. We would have grown our own vegetables that we ate. We would have maybe had our own livestock that we butchered. And so what we planted would have been very, very important. What we're doing today, the seeds that we're doing today, is going to determine whether or not we're going to eat in the wintertime. Right? Well, actually, now we're in July almost. So I actually said we would have planted a lot earlier. But there's a time to plant. There's a season for planting. And if you're lazy during that season, then you don't eat. Remember when I was a little kid, we had these children's books that taught this. And there was a, um, a rooster or a chicken that was making bread in the neighborhood. And all these animals lived in the neighborhood. And there was all this work to be done to get all the ingredients to make the bread. And nobody wanted to help. So the chicken gathered the yeast and the flour. But it asked the fox and the dog and all these other animals for help in getting these things to put together. And the moral of the story is, once the bread was made, everybody wanted to eat the bread, but nobody wanted to to do all the work that led up to making the bread. They just wanted to eat it, and we're like that today. And so if we lived back in a time where, (coughs) excuse me, our sowing determined whether or not we'd eat, we'd take it a lot more seriously. The whole principle of planting and watering and weeding and cultivating and protecting that seed until it grew up and produced a harvest would be the most important thing in our life because our survival depends on it. See, now, right now, other people have that responsibility. There's mass farms out there that sell those ingredients, and there's masses of people that are relying on the um, farmer, the work of these mass farms producing what they need. But we don't see it. All we see is the stuff in the grocery store, and you just basically put it on the, uh, put it in the cart or put it in a basket, and then you just pay the money. But if anything happened to where all this stuff comes from, that the original the sowing and reaping thing, it's still happening. Yeah, they've genetically modified certain things, but this is the principle that a lot of people have lost in this time. But you can see it. You can feel it in your life. Right now, what you're feeling is what you've sown or a lack of what you've sown. 
what you're feeling right now. If emotionally you are up, it's because some good things have been sown. So I don't want to leave tomorrow 100% to the grace of God chance and do nothing because I already know that I don't want to challenge the grace of God. I don't want to test God. Right? I want to do my part. And so my part is sowing the seed. You know, there are times where, that, now I've told you this story about listening to the Bible, where I'd rather, there's something in me that would rather listen to junk. You know, it's kind of like junk food. You know, sometimes you just want a cupcake or a Twinkie, or and Twinkies are terrible. Sometimes you just want a piece of chocolate or some ice cream or, you know, junk, McDonald's, whatever. But you realize that, okay, this is creating my tomorrow. What I'm sowing now is going to produce a harvest somewhere down the line. Because it says in the Bible, in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 7. I should actually turn there. I want to, before time gets away, it says, uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, he shall also reap. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, he that sows to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap everlasting life. So let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we faint not. The sowing and reaping, it, it applies to every aspect of life there is, from how we treat other people to how we're investing our time to the words and the images that we expose ourselves to and take in. So if you want to have a better tomorrow, it's all things being equal, it's not going to happen just based on what you do in a moment of time it's going to be based on many moments and so I want to look at my life and look at the areas of my life that are lacking and I want to sow good seeds in those areas so that in the coming months or in the coming year I can have a better experience than I've had in the past right so you don't water your your seeds with with polluted water you you water what you've sown with good water and so now let's take this to the, the spiritual place because that's the foundation of everything else right first there was the word the word came before the world did and the bible says that god upholds all things his whole creation by the word of his power or by the power of his word and so when i i look at the principle of prayer, prayer is like sowing a seed. When I pray for somebody, I'm sowing a seed into their life. I'm planting something in that invisible world on their behalf. Now, if I just forget about it, that seed can just dry up because every seed has to be watered, doesn't it? That's why the Bible says, let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, in other words, there's a season to plant but then there's a time where you have to water so that root can grow and that root can grow deep so you can have a a good harvest right a bountiful harvest so you pray for somebody and then you forget them and then what happens the seed that you planted in your prayer time dries up or the enemy comes and takes it away and that's why it appears sometimes that your prayers are ineffective now if somebody needs a miracle then there really is no time for watering very much, right? I mean, God has a solution for that too. But his solution in the regular process of life is an instant everything. That's why the Bible says things like, let us not grow weary in well-doing. 
right? God is not mocked. In due season, we'll reap if we faint not. That's why it says things like men should always pray and not faint. And it gives the example of the persistent widow. That's why the Bible says to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That's why it says in the book of James, let patience have her perfect work that you may be whole and entire perfect work implies the effort of sowing and protecting that seed. You know, sometimes you see an instant answer and you think that you did that, but you didn't do that. God did that. But that's not God's uh, modus operandi. If it was, this whole story would be over by now. We'd all be in the heavenly world. Right? But God's not willing that any should perish. He's long-suffering. I can't imagine what it would be like to have a creation like us and have to be patient with them. Especially when somebody's being abusive to somebody else. And you know that, well, 20 years from now, they're going to become a believer and they're going to be forgiven. But yet I have to endure 20 years of their nuttiness and not swat them like a fly and crush them. (laughs) So thank God for his goodness, his mercy, and his patience in our lives. Okay, so I can look right now and I can see certain seeds that I've neglected. There's always something that you can pray for. Some people go into that time, they don't know what to say. But here's the thing, if you've already asked for something, if you've already made a petition, you don't have to file 100 petitions because God got busy and and forgot about it. No, you have to water it. How does it work? How exactly does that work? I don't know. I just know it works. I know that if you thank God for something, I know that if you ask God for something and then when you come back you remind God that you're relying on his faithfulness you're relying on his mercy and his grace you're relying on the fact that the Bible says he watches over his word to perform it Um, I know that when you do those things good things happen I know for a fact that you have to rely on God to make this thing work because if you if you put too much focus on your own what you're doing yourself, then you become fearful because you may be doing it wrong. Right? So there's a balance here. And I don't even pretend to know exactly what that balance is, to be honest with you. I just know that God's Spirit is in me and I've got to have more confidence in that Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, than I do in my own Spirit. Right? My own Spirit, I don't know really what it's capable of 100%. But I know I live in this body, and there are certain inconsistencies that I can find frustrating. And so I do what I know how to do. I try and do my best, but I rely on the grace of God to take up where I leave off. And I ask God if I'm missing it or if I need to make adjustments, and I ask him for help. And sometimes you don't even really want help. I've been there too. And I'll be honest, and I'll say, Lord, I really don't even want to do the right thing. I know I should. I know I'm supposed to. But my want to seems to be broken, and I'm in a, in a seesaw battle here, and I'm asking for your help that I do the right thing because I can't seem to generate any more strength than I generate it, and I'm sincerely asking for help. See, ask for help, and you'll get it. This is a process. It's the same for everybody. You're not the only one that's just stuck in a situation where it seems like 
And okay, there's not a whole lot to get excited about here. All right. Anyway, I hope that helps you. Thank you for listening. If you want updates for whenever there's a new podcast released, usually they're released on Tuesdays, but sometimes uh, life happens and I'm unable to do that. So if you want to get an email every time a new podcast is released, please go to the main website at faithtestedbyfire.com. Sign up for the update list there, and I will send you an email every time a new podcast is released. This is Jim. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you next time.